Welcome to the Bethel Free Baptist Church Weekly Sermons. This is the evening service of Sunday the 26th of July 2015, entitled Identity Crisis Part 2. And the Bible readings are taken from Matthew chapter 4 verses 12 to 22 and Luke chapter 22 verses 54 to 62. Here's Pastor Larry T. Curtis. Matthew chapter 4 beginning in verse 12. Now when Jesus had heard that John was cast into prison, he departed into Galilee. Leaving Nazareth, he came and dwelt in Capernaum, which is upon the seacoast in the borders of Zebulon and Naphtali, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Esaias the prophet, saying, The land of Zebulon and the land of Nephthalim, by the way of the sea beyond Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people which sat in darkness saw great light. To them which sat in the region and shadow of death, light is sprung up from that time. Jesus began to preach and to say, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And Jesus, walking by the sea of Galilee, saw two brethren, Simon, called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishers. And he said unto them, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And they straightway left their nets and followed him. Going on from thence, he saw other two brethren, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, the brother, in a ship with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets, and he called them. And they immediately left the ship and their father and followed him. And then in Luke chapter 22, beginning in verse 54, the Word of God says, Then took they him and led him and brought him into the high priest's house, speaking of the Lord Jesus Christ, and Peter followed afar off. When they had kindled a fire in the midst of the hall and were set down together, Peter sat down among them. But a certain maid beheld him as he sat by the fire and earnestly looked upon him and said, This man was also with him. And he denied him, saying, Woman, I know him not. But after a little while, another saw him and said, Thou art also of them. Peter said, Man, I am not. In about the space of one hour, after another confidently affirmed, saying, Of a truth, this fellow also was with him, for he is a Galilean. Peter said, Man, I know not what thou sayest. Immediately, while he yet spake, the cock crew. The Lord turned and looked upon Peter, and Peter Remembered the word of the Lord, how he had said unto him, Before the cock crow, thou shalt deny me thrice. Peter went out and wept bitterly. Father, thank you again for this privilege that we have to be here this evening. Thank you, Lord, for a place that we have to come to, for the freedom to be able to worship you and to proclaim you to the people around us. Thank you, Father, that as we gather here this evening that we have your word before us that you have preserved for us and your spirit within us that will give us understanding and speak to our hearts. And that's what we pray for this evening, Lord, not for man's ideas or man's words or even man's thoughts. We pray that by the power of your spirit, you would speak to our hearts through your word. You know the hearts of each individual. You know the needs better than we know ourselves. 
Father, we pray that you would reach to each one with that which they need most. And Lord, may we as a people be not hearers only, but doers of your word. Help us, Lord, to respond in whatever way we need to. We can all leave here this evening more like our Savior than when we came. We give you the praise and the thanks for it. In Christ's name we pray. Amen and amen. We said this morning that our object, our purpose in the message was that we take and in some ways sum up many of the things that we've been looking at this week concerning identity and try to expand on that a bit and really looking at the idea, the thought, the title, if you would, of an identity crisis. We defined identity. We defined uh, what an identity crisis is. I'll read that final, that identity crisis definition one more time. An identity crisis is a time in life when an individual begins to seriously look for answers about the nature of his or her being and the search for an identity. 20th century developmental psychologist Eric Erickson developed this term, which is used frequently. He used it mostly to apply to the period of transition in the teenage years when kids begin to define what they will do as adults, what their values are going to be. It is now thought that an identity crisis may occur at any time of life, especially periods of great transition. And we looked at a lot of things we can't go back. If you want to go back and listen to this morning's sermon to catch up with where we are this evening, then that would be great. But we, we talked about a lot of things. We talked about what it was. You all saw me take a, a selfie of myself this morning, and you all knew who I was when you looked at that picture because it identified me. We talked about, first of all, that identities are something that is, is certain. It's something that is you, you, unique, the things that are about you. And we talked about all those different things, what they call themselves, where they come from, how they look, how they speak, what they do, how they fit into the system. All these things make us, identify us as the person that we are. And of course, we said that it's important that we want to take some selfies but not just a physical selfie that we take with a phone, which I said that, you know, whether I take it and whether Amber that tries to take them up, I always look drunk in these things. I never, ever, ever can, I look at it, I say, I hope I don't look like that in real life because I always look like I've had just a bit too much on the tipsy side. But it's not a physical selfie that we want to take. It's a spiritual selfie. And we want to use God's camera. God's Word. That's the only thing that it matters. That's the only thing that will give us a true picture of ourselves. So we looked at these things this morning about the certainty of identities, and we talked about a lot of those things that identify us as who we are. But then we talked secondly about the thought of identities being chosen. You know, parents choose names for their kids, and some people don't like that, and they choose their own names, and they change their names, and they take nicknames, and people take on titles to identify them for who they are or where they studied or what they've done. Uh, people uh, choose names and titles for other people to define who they are. Uh, company, companies designate uh, uh, names and titles and numbers and all of these things, and we went through the, the whole list, but identities is something that, uh, that are chosen. And we looked in Philippians chapter 2 this morning, and we saw how that Christ Jesus 
chose his identity. How that he, though he was in the form of God, in every way God, that he chose to come as a servant. He chose to become a man. He chose to identify himself as a man 100%. And he came to earth and he did that. And then we looked at Peter. How that it was Peter, as, we've, as we just read there in, in, in Matthew chapter 4, it was Jesus that came along. This was the very first step that is recorded for us. Jesus had been baptized by John. He'd gone into the wilderness for 40 days, fasted, tempted of the devil, and then ministered to by the angels. And then here he's coming to Capernaum. And the first thing he does is he calls this one called Peter and his brother Andrew. And you know what he said to him? Come follow me. Come follow me. You know what they did? They left everything. Everything. They left everything. That was their livelihood. That was their life. That was everything that sustained them and everything. They left everything behind. The next step, when it was James and John, yeah, they left their nets. They left their ship, the Bible says. They left their father. They left family. They left everything to follow Jesus Christ. They didn't hang on. We find that there are many things that could be said about that, but what we want to grasp and understand in our thoughts for today is that Christ chose these men and that when Christ chose them, then they had a choice to make. When Jesus said, come, follow me, they had two choices, to follow or not to follow. It's that simple. We find that as we look further into Ephesians chapter 1, and I want us to, uh, to look back there for just a, a little bit this evening. And I won't keep you long, I promise you. I know that some of you are tired. But you know, I told you also that as tired as I was physically and emotionally and mentally and everything else, boy, I get excited when I get into God's Word. <laughs> it gets exciting to me. I mean, passages that you, you may have read time and time and time again. But we find that here in Ephesians chapter 1, we saw that as we look there this morning, first of all, we see that you have been chosen by God. And we amplify that you have been chosen by God just as Peter and Andrew and James and John were chosen. We talked about that a little bit in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Listen, according as he hath chosen us, chosen us, every one of us here this evening, in him, in Jesus Christ, before the foundation of the world. What did he choose us for? That we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Wow. God, the creator of the universe, before the foundation of this world was even laid, he chose us that we could be holy and unblameable before him only in Jesus Christ, of course. That's the only way that we can do that. But he chose us to be holy and unblameable before him. All of this is because of his great love that he loved us with. Christ has chosen you this evening. You were chosen in Christ to be identified as a Christian. 
I repeat once again, there is only one way you could be identified as a Christian, and that is, first of all, before anything else happens, and that is to have Christ within you. That's the only way. You can't identify with him any other way. You can never identify with Christ in your flesh. Christ in you. People identify us by what they see. When they look at us, and we talked about a lot of those things, what do they see when they look at you? What do they see in you? Or more importantly, may I ask, who do they see in you? Who do they see? When we talk, again, all these things, it's the way we act, it's the way we speak, it's the way we dress, it's, it's everything about us that make us, define us as an individual, who we are. Our identity defines us. When others look at you. And I said this morning that thirdly, I wanted to look at a point this evening, and this is just what I want to address in these next few verses. You see, identities are certain. They define you, you alone as an individual for who you are. Identities are chosen. Thirdly, identities can be changed. Identities can be changed. People change what they're called. They change their names because they don't like what they're being called, sometimes officially, sometimes unofficially. People change what they do. What we do defines us. We looked at that this morning. People sometimes make a change, just as we see here when we're looking at Peter. We said we're looking at some of these life-changing moments in his life. Well, Peter made a change Simon, who's called Peter, Jesus said, if you follow me, Peter, I'm going to change your identity. Right now, you are identified as a fisher of fishes. You're a fisherman. You catch fish out of that sea in those nets. But Peter, if you'll come after me, I'm going to change, and you'll no longer be a fisher of fishes. You're going to be a fisher of men. Your identity is going to change, Peter. You are going to be known differently if you come and follow me. Identities could be changed. People change what they look like. You know, they might change their hair from, you know, from brown to blonde to red to pink to whatever. They change their looks. They change their styles. We talked about all these things. People change their identity the way they look. Sometimes... They change their whole path in life. People's lives change, and their identities changed. They were known as one thing in one area for something, and then they're known completely differently. You see, Peter's changed, but what I want you to focus on for a moment this evening is yours can change. I hope that it's already changed. I hope that you can look back and you can remember that time when Jesus invited you to come follow him. But let me tell you, your identity can change from now as well. Let's look at this passage here in Ephesians. Notice what he says here. Notice what happens when we take up an identity with Christ. What are some of the changes that takes place here? Well, first of all, we've already seen that we're chosen in love to be holy and without blame. You see, we are sinners. We are sinners. And we've said many, many, many times 
We don't become sinners because of what we do. We sin because we are sinners. But when Jesus says, come and follow me, Jesus says, I will change your identity. You, a sinner, without a hope of becoming good enough, without a hope of being able to do anything to accomplish this by yourself, I have chosen you in love to be holy and without blame before me in Jesus Christ. Notice what he goes on to say there. He says in verse 5, having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself according to the good pleasure of his will. Now, we're not going to get into all the doctrinal issues involved there, and I know that the term predestination can absolutely scare some people into the shakes and everything else. It's not an easy thing for us to comprehend and, and understand, and, and great theological minds have debated over these issues, but what I want you to grasp and understand here is that your identity has changed because God chose you before the foundation of the world to be holy and unblameable before for him in Jesus Christ. He says that it's been predetermined. You see, I won't get into all of it, but if you, if you, have accepted that invitation that he's given to you just as he did with Peter and just as Peter did to follow him, he's predetermined not only that you would be holy and unblameable, but that you'd be adopted by God to be his child. Adopted by God to be his child, having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself. That's the only way you can become part of his family. It always comes back by Jesus Christ. That's the only way that you can be adopted into God's family according to the good pleasure of his will. And we say a lot of things there. I can promise you it's not God's will that any should perish, but that all would come to repentance. God has chosen you. He's chosen you in love to be holy and without blame. He's adopted you into his family. And notice what he says next. He says, to the praise of the glory of his grace. Boy, we could park right there for a while. To the praise and the glory of his grace. Do we understand? Do we grasp? Do we even begin to understand? It's all by his amazing grace. That's where all the glory goes. That's where all the praise goes. That he loved us enough that he was so merciful that by his grace he adopted us into his family. Listen, wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved. Not only your identity changed because you've been adopted literally into God's family to be one of his children, but you've been accepted in the family of God. It doesn't matter where you came from. It doesn't matter what you've done in your past. It doesn't matter what your identity used to be in Jesus Christ. When that identity change takes place, he's already predetermined as his child adopted into his family, accepted by the brethren, accepted by his family, accepted by all, regardless of your previous identities and who you were and where you come from. Why? He goes on. In whom we have redemption through 
his blood. You see, this only happened because you've been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. That's why you're going to be holy. That's why you're going to be without blame. That's why you can be adopted into God's family. That's why you're accepted into the family of God because you've been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, praise God, by God's grace. He did change his identity. He did come as a man and he was humble enough to let, him, let them hang him upon that cross and give his life and die as a man. This is God, the power of the universe, the eternal God. Yet he took on the identity of a man so that he could die as a man for you in your place. Redeemed by the blood, forgiven. The forgiveness of sins according, there it is again, according to the riches of his grace. That's why he forgave. According to the riches of his grace, God amazingly has wiped the slate clean, your identity. You see, before you became identified with Jesus Christ, before Christ came into you, then you were identified as a sinner. You were identified with your sins. You were identified because of who you were, what you looked like, the things that you wore, the things that you dressed, the things that you did, everything about you identified you as a sinner. But when you become part of God's family, we looked at all those identifying marks this morning. You're redeemed by his blood. You're forgiven by his marvelous, wonderful grace. We see one other thing that he says here. <laughs> wherein he hath abounded toward us in all wisdom and prudence. I'll tell you what, I've never claimed and I've never claimed to be a very smart guy. But there's one thing that I thank God, that I'm a lot wiser and more prudent than I used to be. That's God. As a sinner, you know, it's impossible. It's impossible for this earthly natural man to understand the things of God. But when Christ moves in, when we have that identity change, when we are identified with Christ, then there's some marvelous things that are taking place here. And we can look at more, but I'm, I'm just pinpointing a few little things right here in God's Word that we need to recognize. These are changes that take place in each and every one of us when Christ moves in. Now, we're going to look at some other things, but we don't have time this evening, so we'll come back next Sunday, God willing. <laughs> but I want to just remind you of something, of many of the things. You know, one of the marvelous things about God's Word is the more you read it, the more you study it, the more you come to know God, not just know about Him, to know Him, the more you begin to understand all these things that come together. Listen to me. Jesus Christ... Remember that wonderful, wonderful passage in John chapter 14 and verse 12 when he says, greater things than these shall ye do because I go unto the Father. <laughs> Jesus said, you're going to do greater things. Why could he say that to those apostles there? Why could he make that promise? You've heard me say it many times because he goes on to say, because I'm sending another, that comforter, the one that will live within you. There is only one way. To be identified. Many, too many people today have identity 
crisis, both in their natural and in their spiritual life. But today, we need to be willing. Remember what I said this morning? Nobody else can take a selfie of you but you. If somebody else takes it, it's just another photograph. You have to be willing to take it of yourself. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm encouraging you. I'm encouraging you this evening. Don't fall short. Take a spiritual selfie with God's Word. Where are you? What is your identity? Who are you spiritually right now in your life? You've been identified with Christ. That only comes because He's living within you. But praise God, when He moves in, He's there forever. Nobody can take Him away from you. Nobody can steal Him from you. He's there. He's within. Your identity is changed. You become part of His family. So this evening, right now, Take a spiritual selfie of yourself and see if these identifying marks apply to you. And when others look at you, very simply, this is not meant to be judgmental. This is meant to help you listen. When people look at me, what do they see? They see something. When they look at you physically, when they look at you spiritually, there are things. When they look at you, they know who you are. They can call you by name. When they look at you spiritually, what do they see? And that's what we want to ask ourselves. This is what we'll continue because we'll, we'll see as we begin to look next week in that second passage that we read in Luke that identities can become very confusing sometimes as well. People look and say, well, well aren't you supposed to be so-and-so? Well, no, I'm not that, but they can become confusing. But this evening, let's begin with the fact of where we are. Are we identified as a Christian, as belonging to him as being his follower have we when he chose us when he asked you to come follow him have you been willing to forsake all and just get up and go and follow him we'll be looking also <laughs> the very first word that we have recorded out of the mouth of Jesus Christ when he began his ministry do you know what it is repent Repent. Why? Well, he said because the kingdom was at hand. <laughs> As we look through scriptures, we find that I said this morning, it begins and it ends with following Jesus. That's the only path. If you're going to be identified with Jesus, if you're going to be identified with Christ, you've got to forget and let go of everything else and be willing to follow him. It begins there and it ends there. But I'll tell you what else. It begins with repentance and it ends with repentance. A change of identity. Repentance is all about changing directions. You're going one way, you're going to go another way. That's how you become identified with Jesus Christ. Father, Lord, I know that there's so much more that we'd like to say this evening and look at, but time has evaded us once again. Lord, I pray that you'd help us Help us to recognize that, Lord, there's an awful lot of people that are not only struggling with an identity crisis in their natural, physical life, but they're struggling with an identity crisis in their spiritual life. And, Lord, it doesn't have to be a crisis. And I'm praying that you'll help us, Lord, as we look at ourselves through your word. Help us to look at where we honestly are. 
what the identifying marks in in our lives, how we're identifying, what identifies us. Please help us, Lord. When people look at us, the who that they see is not our old, failing, sinful flesh, but it's Jesus Christ himself. Help them to get a glimpse of that one that is holy and unblameable that lives within us. Help them to see Christ in our lives. Help us to be identified with him in a real way. And Lord, we truly will give you all the praise and thanks for your wonderful grace and love towards us. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. 